Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Don of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the newest books in the X-Men line. I am your host, Nick, accompanied by my co-host. The one, the many. We are Legion. We are Josh. What's going on, my man? Not too much. We have a fantastic stack of books this week. There's not a there's not a bad issue in this bunch. I mean, there's a, there's a weaker there's, there's a, a weaker, weaker issue, yes. <laughs> but it's not it's not necessarily bad. No, just I think different. we're I think we're thinking of the same issue too. Definitely. Definitely. Um. So what what are you up to before we get into the X books? Man, I've just been just been living my life, dude. Uh, I think I mentioned it during one of our AVX, but I've gone through a collecting omnibus phase lately. Yes. So <laughs> we didn't talk about. Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned it on the pod, but I got the omnibus for Inferno. I got an omnibus of the Mutant Massacre. I got the new Catwoman omnibus. I'm just going out. Of, I'm getting out of control, man. I gotta get. I gotta put a, a lid on this. Yes. But um, other than that, I'm dude, the I'm the last person to talk to you about putting a lid. You're on the last thing. person to do that. Yeah, you're you're bad advice when it comes to collecting and spending <laughs> money on things. <laughs> But I will take I will take this advice though. <laughs> What's going what? on in your? It's not like I have like six different swords from different TV shows. Just yeah, sitting. you got you got swords. You got fucking action figures or whatever they're fucking called these days. You got fucking uh, replica wrestling belts. You got you got Listen, all kinds of shit. You start just collecting. three, just three. The normal person owns exactly one replica wrestling belt. And you know it. <laughs> Well, maybe you'll have one if you win our fantasy league this year. You know year. it. You know it. <laughs> I'm going. Anyway. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gunning for. I'm gunning for the championship this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, well, I'm getting excited because tomorrow we have episode three of Miss Marvel and the finale of Obi Wan. Oh shit! That's the finale of Obi Wan. Yes, it's gonna be an hour and thirty minutes. So. Oh fuck! I didn't know. I'm still. I'm. I've still only seen episode one of Miss Marvel. Um, but yeah, I'm caught up on Obi, man. That shit is good shit. It's so fun to watch a show that's so good and then still see the internet cry every episode, having so, zero patience for anything. I am so fucking glad that I don't really involve myself in Star Wars Twitter or Reddit it's or any bad. of that stuff. It's real bad. Like, I never know any of this. I only ever know negativity from star wars fans when like you tell me about it or like it happens to get like fever pitch like in some of those like recent trilogy ones yeah it, it got pretty bad after the second episode because people are mad that a black woman exists in the universe i did see that i did see the racist star wars fans appeared again that was cool yes, that was that nice was cool. uh and then got more upset because ewan mcgregor put a video out saying stop being racist so a bunch of people that claim they're not racist took it personally, which is weird, right? Yeah, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, weird. you can't criticize? No, of course you can criticize. You can also do it without being racist. If you as, only criticize, this tweet isn't for you. Right? Like, as, as, a, as a heterosexual white man, you know, like, every time a heterosexual white man does something awful... <laughs> And we have to generalize all men because God damn it. It seems to be all men. I don't take it personally. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause yeah, it's a lot of them. It's enough to be like, yeah, that shit this is a is, problem. It's a problem, <laughs> but no, I'm loving Obi-Wan. Um, I've, I've seen people complain that they feel it's cheap and I feel like you What's forget. Cheap? 
that show the, looks the show. like it cost a bajillion dollars to make. Yeah, and it did. But like, you'll have a full hour show that looks amazing, but then have like one bad shot, and people go, "Oh my god, why it looks cheap?" It's still a TV show. I know, man. To a degree, it's still a fucking TV show. People, they just love to hate, man. I, yes. I, I just, I, I don't understand people's pleasure from hatred. Like, don't um, engage content. with it. What content? Because there's a lot of like Star Wars YouTubers, like a lot of people who know anything about Star Wars YouTubers, Star Wars theories, getting a lot of hate right now because literally he just transformed his content during the sequel trilogy to just negativity. And stuff that some people don't even believe that they believe, but they're going to get more views when you have 20 videos hating Kathleen Kennedy rather than one video loving Force Awakens. But I guess that's what I, it's less the people producing the content. I, I as a, a meager producer of content, I understand the desire to hear one's own voice. <laughs> um, what I don't what I don't understand are the people consuming that content like why are you still engaging with star wars if you dislike it (laughs) yeah i've had a few of those like reflection moments of the fandom where i'm like i think if you just really love the original trilogy then that's fine but like then you just love the original trilogy like if you still hate everything now then you don't like star wars anymore you don't you just don't like just be like, yeah, I don't really like what Star Wars is now. I still like the original trilogy. Yeah. Why is that hard? Like, I don't understand. I don't you understand. You gotta say that again with a lot more anger, a lot more snottiness, and just like like you were personally stabbed, you know? Because I've noticed something, especially now with the certain generation that grew up with the prequel trilogy rather oh, than shit. the original trilogy. Oh shit, are we getting all generating these kids these days? Well, no, it's they it's gotta get off like, your porch, Nick. No, no, it's more like the kids those days that watch that movie view that movie highly. Duh. Oh, yes, obviously. Yeah, yeah. There's... So, like, growing up, me and you probably didn't like the prequel trilogy. We still don't like the prequel trilogy. They're not good movies. They but there are not. a lot of people now that will fight to the death yep. for the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Because they, they were the right age, even though I was the right age, too, but whatever. But they were the right age, and they loved those movies. And, you're, you know, you're that's an old... part of growing up. You're an old soul. Um, If you saw the original trilogy as an adult instead of as a kid first, you're going to see it differently. Yeah. And now one of my buddies, his son, I asked him, who's his favorite Star Wars character? He said Kylo Ren. Because that's what he's growing up with. Nice. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. This, this, I know. It's, It's crazy to think that the things you liked in your formative years hold some weird special place to you wild fucking yeah. wild speaking of which two men who made us x-men podcast um yeah we yeah. talk about whatever we want this is the this is the fucking show man hell yeah uh so today since we're getting into it we're covering x-men number 11 yeah immortal x-men 2 x-men red 2 and legion of x1 those are those are that's the crowd that is the group and Mainly the X-Men titles, which I mentioned to you earlier today, have just been fantastic, in my opinion. The the books that have X-Men in the name are very good right now. They're very good. So the book opens up with Mojo, and you know I love a good Mojo cameo. Um, Mojo losing his casino 
his interest in the casino to the fungi guy who has like a weirdly normal name that I can't remember. It's not a normal. It's like Cordyceps, no? Cordyceps Jones. The, I like, remember the Jones part. The yeah, Jones part. Sure. It's yeah. just like, hey, it's Jones. And you see this giant fungi creature. Whoa. But, but the lawyer mentions that the fungi like infected his group first. <laughs> yes, that he basically infected the board and and made them sell the interest to the hotel or I mean the casino and game world. So then we cut to some of the X-Men going to Game World, thanks to the information from Rocket Raccoon. Uh, Psylocke, Jean, Rogue, and Laura. Say the word raccoon again. Rocket Raccoon? Okay. Well, how did I say it before? I don't know. Just sell a raccoon. <laughs> really? <laughs> Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> like, I don't know. There was like a real real twang to it, I think. No, don't, don't worry about it, all right? So... They're on Game World trying to do a little recon, figure out what this place fully is, because all they know is their lives are getting bet on. And they are looking, they are looking astonishing. This is the astonishing X-Men group that we have here. I thought for a minute this was the Hellfire guy. Yeah, same. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're like reusing their clothes from the Hellfire guy. I think so, because this, this, especially, I think I've seen, I think that was Rogue's getup. Yeah, so no, I think it was all of theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, think it was. Yep, 100%. 100%. <laughs> hey, you know, wear it twice. Get a little out of it. For real, man. You yeah. know? So then we find out what Rocket Raccoon told them about Game World while they're doing their recon. Of course. Um, why am I blanking on names today? This is Polaris. She sees the perfect dress. She does see the perfect dress. And she's like, oh. Well, I, the mission can wait. I, I have a couple minutes before yeah. I need to do yeah, official I, X Men business. Yeah, that's a pretty nice dress. Um, then we cut to the treehouse, their base, where Iron Man and Captain Marvel are talking to Sunfire, saying, "Hey, we've noticed an uptick in aliens attacking, and now <laughs> a lot of the X Men seem to have left. Do you need to talk to us about something? No. Nah, man." Aliens, I like, think he legitimately like, I haven't noticed any more aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that last time we saw him, he was fighting on Mars. He was fighting on Mars, exactly. <laughs> I love it. I was like, not seeing any more aliens. Normal amount of aliens here in the Marvel Universe, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and I, I do like that before and in game world, Gene was saying, like, the whole point of Arako planet was supposed to be less aliens bugging us. Yeah, or at least they go there first. Yeah, and it's like this is the opposite. So on the second mission, we have is is he going by Captain Krakoa, right? He has to go by Captain Krakoa right now because yeah. the world thinks Cyclops is dead. Yeah. So we have Cyclops and Sink, and Sink has has a uh, Wolverine powers. So he's like, you smell which way to go, and then Scott goes the other way, and we cut back to Game World where the fungi creature jones is infecting i think a bunch of security guards i think yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then also sadly infects wolverine cut back to one of the chimera creatures that dr stasis made and he's basically killing them because they're gonna make better ones later and he says why should i worry about a low rent wolverine and he's like i've been wolverine longer than the rest of them which that is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, it took me a minute too. I was like, oh, fuck, man. I forgot he survived the vault. Like he yeah. never was. Yeah. Shit. 
So he legitimately has more experience being hunted 24-7 for hundreds of years using Wolverine powers. Or he he was resurrected, but he died like... His memories after, were intact. After he got out of the vault or something yeah, like that. right after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the whole point so Xavier could find out what happened. Exactly. So yeah, he yeah. has all these detailed memories of hunting and being Wolverine, which is that's, awesome. That's wild. And uh, and then we cut back to the to game world, and Polaris is rocking this dress, dude. Yeah, we beautiful dress. So this we say it almost every time we cover the X Men. This is the best version of Polaris, and yep. the best Polaris, like the most Polaris, has been covered in an X Men book in maybe forever. Like she is really having some time right now, and I love at that. the very least since X Factor, the original like. Not original, but the Peter David run of X Factor. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's the last time, like early two thousands. Um, also, on Game World, they have really high security for uh, telekinetic powers and psychic powers. They have dampeners, which don't affect Gene too much, but they have security systems in case anyone uses psychic ability because it is a casino planet, world, whatever ship. But Polaris uses her magnet powers to make all the slot machine android dancers. You got it. Perfect. Yep. You nailed it. Uh, shoot out money as a distraction. And then Gene sees that they're betting on the planet Earth while they're destroying planets. She breaks a guy's hand with her mind. And now the jig is up. And they turn over and see the fungi security guards and fungi Wolverine. And they start attacking. Then we cut back to Dr. Stasis, basically insulted that it's just Cyclops waiting there for him. And Cyclops kind of just like, I'm all you need to worry about, and I'm going to beat the living shit out of you. Yeah. (laughs) Essentially. Also, they correct him many times saying, doctor. Yes, many times. (laughs) He takes and, he gets very offended by it, which we we've noticed before. Before we get to to that in the and the 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 big ending of the book, the ending of the game world story, like they go to fight Gene, but like Gene's about to be possessed herself yes. by the fungus. So like we are that's an omega level <laughs> mutant is about to be possessed by uh, this this fungus thing. So and he says, like, what is it gonna be like to control someone who's hosted the Phoenix? Exactly. Like he's so he about, knows what he's doing. He knows what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> Sorry. Continue with our dear friend, a Dr. Stasis. Dr. Stasis gets the crap beat out of him by Cyclops, very fittingly, because after he bursts his mask, the very final page, you see Dr. Stasis is a version of Mr. Sinister. And a version of Mr. Sinister that doesn't have a red diamond, but a, um, what is that? A club? club a, a, a black club? Yeah. Yes. So, and this will come into play in the issue you're going to cover next. How many things are are going on with Mr. Sinister that he has in play? How many does he actually remember that he put how? into play? One thousand percent. My question back to you is going to be: How many does he remember? So yeah, I, I I think the amount of things he has in play is probably upward of a hundred. How many he remembers? Probably very, very few of those. At least twenty. Maybe, maybe twenty. <laughs> twenty is generous. Just just plans on top of plans. I think like he's the kind of person that will let a plan evolve and happen just so afterwards you can go, oh, oh, I did do that. 
<laughs> yeah. And now he basically just fucking like sends what his Moira clones out into the world to gather data and then die. And then he rebirths them and fucking has all that information just doing it with his clones too. Yeah. He's out of control. Now this clone, unless he's being sarcastic, doesn't know he's a sinister. Yeah. He, yeah. This one is different though. You're right. This one has no idea why Scott's looking at him like that or like who Scott, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't yeah. seem to have any kind of understanding of what's happening. I'm definitely curious, like the repercussions of this, because if the quiet council finds out they're almost exposed by someone who is an offshoot of some kind of sinister, like I, I'm really interested to hear his explanation into this. I am. I am always interested to hear Mr. Sinister's explanation <laughs> of almost anything. So, yeah, I give that a uh, four X's. I give, it, I give it five X's, man. It was a real solid issue. Art was on like incredible. Jean oh, yeah. Grey had her moment of badassery before getting almost probably possessed. And it was just awesome. It was awesome. It was a good book. Now, I feel like if any character is going to do it, Gene's going to be the one just like mentally burst out of this guy. Oh, 100%. I could see this being like a quick resolution in the sense of like Gene was just luring him in and now she has 100% control of this fungus. And honestly, a part of me was like thinking, what if Rogue just punched a hole in the ship, let that guy die, and they all get resurrected? Legit could see that happening too. Right. I could see either version of these solutions happening (laughs) and happening quickly, like almost like in the opening of the next book. And it was like, oh, well, that's over. Now we're moving on to the next story. Because what's great about all four of the characters they sent to the ship could resolve this in some way. Yes. Single handedly. Yep. Polaris could crush the ship with her powers. But they're all clearly on like a. uh, what's it called? Recognizance mission or whatever it's called. You know, like yeah, they're just yeah, yeah. They're just going to get some info, just see what's up. That never works ever. No, <laughs> no, it's never. It's never been a, a solid plan in any pop culture format. Two well trained mutants went to a sewer and split up. I mean, it doesn't. The rules are the rules. <laughs> you know, you, you they're they're tropes for a reason, people. Yeah. All right, next up we have Immortal X-Men number two. Take it away. And this uh, is the second issue from Kieran Gillian, who is building up toward our Avengers versus uh, X-Men versus Eternals, otherwise known as Axe event. So, yeah. I'm halfway through the first trade of Eternals. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. And did you 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 made sure you, you spoke to your comic book provider and said, I want all the Axe books? I said Eternals and um, and X Men because I'm not up to date right. on Avengers yet. All right, all right, because I I still have to do that this week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we open. Well, it's been I feel like it's been a minute since we've covered Immortal. X-Men. Yeah, we can recap so, a little bit. Yeah, so basically, and they do a good job recapping it here. But um, basically, Hope was elected to the this uh, Quiet Council. Magneto had stepped down. Everyone had their own machinations of who was going to apply. Everyone was trying to elbow somebody else for political points. Hope decided to run. Celine wanted the position. Uh, they went with Hope. Celine took it very personally. Um, yes. <laughs> yes, she and, did. 
and also was like, uh, you bitches need a magic person. You have no magic people here. Let me show you why not having a magic person is bad for business. And she magic. only they had an all magic team. That all just magic this. this that could have been helpful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and in, and she created a, a kaiju, as we'll as we'll call it later in this in this book. Definitely. Um, <laughs> out of the external gate that brought them to Otherworld, and it, it started to attack Krakoa. So we open in midst of this attack, and Hope Summers is like, fuck, I just got elected. There's, a lot of this is from Hope's perspective, and she's basically like, I'm a leader. I got to remember to be a field leader. And all this while, I'm thinking, why the fuck are the five on the field? Why are the five on the field? While there's a kaiju destroying everything, get the, the they are like the most precious commodity on that goddamn island, and you're just like, yep, get out there and fight. I took it as they were like, oh, where's Hope? Hey, Hope, what's going on? Oh shit. I took it as because she was talking about leading her team, like she was leading this team into like the field into battle. Well, for Hope, it's proving yourself why you should be on a team, which is kind of like ends up yes. being the point of this issue. I get why she's there and you can't oh, stop 100%. Hope from doing it. But yeah. like the other five, got you got to do something. You gotta, they, yeah, they shouldn't be there. They should not be there. Anybody else got egg powers that we know of? Because like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? Anyway, um, all the while this is happening, Storm and, and Magneto are like, all right, should we just end it? Why don't either one of us could just end this if we wanted to? But I did like that. <laughs> if we work together, we can end it slightly more tactfully, and 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 also, it'd be really cool looking. And so, <laughs> yeah, there is a line where Manito's like, "You are Storm says Manito, you were never gonna leave without making a big show first. Yeah, yep, one thousand percent. He's like, "You you you harm me with your words, but yes, they are true." <laughs> like, and so he fucking pierces the kaiju with a bunch of metal storm lightning bolts down onto this kaiju who's now filled with metal big boom kaiju goes um, i was only graphic i think for this book i was a little surprised yeah the book the art in this book is so good um so kaiju goes boom uh destiny is like uh something is really wrong y'all i feel like all of time, all of space, everything is even more fluid and out of control than it, it usually is. Something's wrong. Emma patches all the whole team together. I love when the team gets patched together telepathically. It's such like oh, an yeah. out. It's such a fucking out that I love it. <laughs> um, so they all patch together. They're like, uh, we got a problem. That uh, kaiju is actually the external gate. And if you heard it, you're legit just fucking with reality right now. Uh, Celine is pro- proving a point about magic. We have to find a way to stop this. Uh, Dr. Nemesis is like, fuck magic. The answer is science. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to come up with something. They, uh, they, they try to c- consult with magic, but everyone's like, nah, we should probably leave her alone. Um, because, yeah, why would you want to consult with magic? <laughs> so in or in all the while this is happening celine has taken refuge in london with the uh the Co- coven akaba whatever however it's pronounced the, the yeah for a second i thought this was um apocalypse's cult or something no it's the offshoot of them though it's the okay though it's the ones that hate mutants gotcha um 
and so she's basically working with them right now, just seeking refuge all the way in London. Uh, Hope decides to join forces with with Exodus to um, use whatever his powers are to fight the. Uh, okay, I was gonna ask you the kaiju. No, what are Exodus's powers again? Exodus's. I. 1000 <laughs> percent should have looked that up before we record because i was confused and in the moment i realized i don't know his powers <laughs> i don't know his powers either i legitimately don't know his powers <laughs> all right that's good. Um, i mean the book seems to make it seem like his powers for people to believe in him yes i i but like, that does sound familiar like he did like it was like he was a cult leader you know what i mean yes. like but i think so, that was a power i thought that was just like an attribute of the person yeah um <laughs> listen man we really we, we don't do enough pre-production on this show honestly, <laughs> i think is what it comes down to um, that's why the people love us and that's why the people love us so write to us uh and let us know Exodus. <laughs> there's no way we can find out without you guys there's no us. way we could just stop what we're doing right now edit, look it up yeah edit that gap and then you know not look like idiots but instead we're just going to keep going then we wouldn't be us we wouldn't be us we wouldn't be true to us yeah um so while all this is happening <laughs> uh one of the mr sinisters at this point i don't know man i don't know but well, there actually, is a- before before you go there um the pope is copying this vague messiah power that um that exodus has exodus has and his fight, yeah, and his, yeah, exactly, yeah. Whatever that power is, she's mim- she's mimicking and en- enhancing it, and they're fighting the monster. And he's Mr. very much like, "I believe in you," and she's I, like, uh, "I'm just copying your power." <laughs> like, I believe in you, man. I'm just really trying to make your powers as strong as possible <laughs> right now, so that I can co- basically copy it at its full strength. Yeah. Um, and so Mister Sinister watches on, and he's like, "Ah." Oh, this calls for a real hero. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he basically stabs himself with some fucking formula he's been making and hulks out and turns into this like behemoth of a of a monster that's basically his first chimera. He's he's amalgamated a bunch of mutant powers into this syringe. And so he's some kind of wild beast man with spikes all over himself now. <laughs> and he decides, fear not, don't worry. <laughs> Captain Sinister is here. I'm going to save the day. And he just rushes out, obviously using something that appears to be Cyclops' powers first, to uh, yeah. blast blast the kaiju and starts wrestling it into the ocean. And all the while, <laughs> Xavier is having a conversation with him in his mind. He's like, Whoa. Xavier, to, to paraphrase, Xavier's like, what the actual fuck are you doing right yeah, now? Yeah, I like how he's like, we need to talk right now. Like, not a good time. Like, I don't care. What I is don't... this? <laughs> do you, you do realize that you just came rushing out of your lab <laughs> looking like the Hulk just ate a bunch of mutants and you're wrestling a kaiju. We need yeah. this is something the Quiet Council should discuss. <laughs> I do like these, like Nathaniel. Are you going to cause a disaster worse than the disaster we are facing? Like, yes. just a very blunt, he's just almost so... like a parent. Like, is this going to be worse? 
did you almost saying did you think this through basically <laughs> and he's like no i'm gonna get him out of here i need a rescue plan xavier you gotta get me out of here because it's gonna explode yeah <laughs> he's like i'm getting away from you to give you guys more time that's a good thing also someone better come get me in like six seconds <laughs> yeah and so basically he explodes the the creature which it starts rebuilding itself again it's it's healing and before it could come back together and kill a now normal Mr. Sinister, uh, Nightcrawler bamps in, saves him from the ocean, and brings him back to shore. Um, Mr. Sinister guilts Nightcrawler into giving him credit for being a hero. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, well done. You brought you bought us time. Yeah, and he gives him a thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> I and like then, that. And of course, as soon as he walks away, Sinister says, God above, people who think the best of people are just the easiest. Yeah, not even a real... For a second, I read that three-part one. Wow, that's a nice, sincere moment for Mr. Sinister. No, immediately undercut. 1,000% just playing this. He just wants to throw people off his his tail right now. Um, And so then an emergency meeting, as, as this happens, an emergency, as this creature is rebuilding itself, I should say, an emergency meeting of the council is held to figure out what what they should they just contact Celine? Should they give her the seat? Should they just be like, all right, you win, you got us over a barrel? Should we call Magic? No, no, no. Colossus is like, no, no. Magic is busy. She doesn't want to be on on the board. One thousand percent brother energy of like, don't put my sister on this board. I don't want to be on the board with my sister. <laughs> um, and so while this is happening, while they're having this debate. Um, Destiny pulls uh, Hope aside and was like, "So, um, I had a vision." Wait, wait, sorry. Before you cut this, I just want to bring up my favorite moment. Oh shit! Was right. I'm sorry. The kaiju moment. We need, which is where they say, "Is there a summer protocol for this?" And Emma says, "Oh please, it's Scott. What do you think?" And the data page is summer's protocol delaying kaiju, (laughs) and. I love that there, there is a bunch of things they're like, is it this? Then do this. But you know it's this if it's this. <laughs> and there's one footnote in here. It said, okay, one of the footnotes is, if the kaiju is actually a robot, see Sentinel's protocol. See volume 7 through 15. Also see page 3, chapter 1, entitled, You are unstable. You un- you are unsuitable for command of this at this time. Please pass command to somebody who can recognize a sentinel. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, oh. Scott's getting sassy in his protocols. And I believe that for Scott. <laughs> oh, 1000 percent He was having a field day with these fucking protocols. But yeah, I had to cover somewhere, that. Sorry. Somewhere, Continue. thank you. Thank you for I, I did think we need to talk about that. And I blew right by it. Somewhere Logan was was nearby topless while Scott was writing these protocols, being like you're embarrassing me right now summers (laughs) we live in the same house stop doing this you know like just come back to bed we can have a good time over here slim let's go um so destiny pulls hope aside and she's like i've had a vision i know what's gonna happen selene is at this place and at this exact time she's gonna be by the window but only for a couple seconds but in those couple seconds she will die and hope is like, wow, that's pretty crazy. Your your uh, your predictions are never that that uh, that accurate. What's what's happening? She's like, um, nah, I 
just I think it's more accurate now that we've had this conversation is all I'm saying. (laughs) And so uh, Hope is like, oh, shit, message received. I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. And so she uh, borrows Magic's teleporting powers, falls down through the sky of London, uses the amazing shooting ability she she mastered from her, her figurative father, Cable, shoots Celine through the window, shoots her with a bullet made of Mysterium so that she can't magic herself back to life. Because apparently Mysterium, we discover now, is we discovered that that's a thing has anti magic powers. We just you know? said it, and that means it's thing. Yeah, Marvel Marvel rules. They say yeah. it, so it's true. Um, and then portals herself right back to Krakoa in the blink of an eye. So, oh, because she ran past magic and copied her powers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I led with that part. Sorry. Um, and so, uh, yeah, she's back on Krakoa. They resurrect Celine real quick. Hope gives her another little punch to the face. Um, Exodus uses another vague power of his that appears to be yeah telepathy based. Sure, and he. I'm, goes, I'm gonna look him up after this episode. I'm gonna look up. Yeah, his we mom. should definitely not do it during the episode. We should no. It's ridiculous. Once we've stopped this recording, live. this is live. We can't. This do is that. live. We can't yeah. possibly do anything about this. Um, and so he basically looks into her brain. Sees how to stop the uh, the the kaiju, stops the kaiju, and then I think proceeds to like just short circuit her whole brain or something. Like, I forget. I was a little con- confused, especially in the next scene. Like they made it sound like she was still dead, and that's where I'm like, either they killed her again, which I think is what happened. I think they did that, got the information they needed from her, stopped the kaiju, and then killed her, and then kept her in the back of the of the line, which is what yes. they're talking about here as far as should we bother moving her up in the, in, the, in the queue? Or, conversely, she's alive, but only um, Hope and Exodus know this, and they're keeping her like prisoner or something. Because I do like the part where they said, like, she's earned a spot in the pit. She betrayed the sacred land. That's our law. Yeah. Like, well, she's not alive yet. And it's like, wait, I just saw her. Yeah. So I. I lean more towards they killed her after they got what they needed from her so that she can't be a problem anymore. Yeah. Um, But it would be pretty wild, though, if somehow Exodus and Hope are just keeping her captive somewhere that'd be pretty fucking crazy be interesting they seem very chummy by the end of the book oh yes they do yeah <laughs> real joking about the messiah um and so the book ends with mystique being like that walking out of the council with um destiny it was like that was fun i have so much fun with you i forgot how fun what the fuck is wrong with you right now what's going on <laughs> and she's like i still feel bad i don't know what's happening it feel, still feels like reality is breaking then she just starts convulsing saying the same thing that we saw mr sinister say in the first issue in that flashback to like a hundred years prior which is you're a ghost you're a ghost and she just collapses to the ground i did skip over though speaking of um destiny and and um, mr sinister mr sinister i was gonna bring that part up yeah (laughs) she does as they're leaving the council she does say to mr sinister um that 
she doesn't think what he's doing right now ends well for him. In that, well, specifically, he was talking about uh, Celine and trying to get more information from her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, and she doesn't think that ends well for you. And then he's, she says, "I've told you before, Nathaniel, we must be on the same side." And Xavier's like, "The fuck is she talking about?" <laughs> I look at that. Xavier just walks over. He's like, "So I was eavesdropping." Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's she talking about? But then genuinely for once, Sinister's yes. like, I don't know what she's talking Le- about. Legitimately, the only honest thing Mr. Sinister has said in two issues of Immortal X-Men is, I have no fucking idea what she's talking yeah. about. <laughs> Which you so, know is going to nag at someone like him for a long ass time. Oh God, I know. He's going to, especially now that she seems to have collapsed and won't be able to just answer his question. Yeah. So yeah. Uh I give this uh, four X's. I re- I'm still really enjoying Immortal X-Men. See, reverse for me, uh, five X's. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, I really like this issue. I like that it almost seems like the title is being true to itself, that we're focusing on mutants that seem to be in some way immortal. Well, I mean, one yes, 100%. And also another way to think of it is right now, all the mutants are immortal. <laughs> That is true, also. Yeah, but <laughs> so, like the focus seems to be like Celine, Sinister, Hope. Technically, depending who she's next to, could be immortal. Yes. Like these, like almost next level mutants, mm-hmm. and like, or even if this is just a quiet council book and things that they deal with. It, and I think that's supposed to be, if I remember correctly, I think this is primarily a quiet council book. And okay. also, I don't think we should overlook the fact that it's called Immortal X Men. Now that we know one of the driving forces behind the upcoming event that kieran gillian is writing is that the yeah. eternals are pissed that the x-men are now immortal so. well i can tell you actually now that i've been reading the book that they have a very similar process when it comes to resurrections like they consider themselves eternal because even if they die they can bring themselves back oh yeah people. that makes sense because like weren't they like wasn't their thing that they're just basically molds and their like consciousness gets uploaded into th- like wasn't that part of the you would agree movie, yeah, yeah the, the movie yes but like in the comic from what i can tell they haven't gone to like deep detail yet but there is some kind of resurrection-esque protocol they also have true because the first issue opens up with icarus being brought back after he died like a few years ago in the comics and okay. he's like okay i'm back what's up yeah basically <laughs> So I think it's just like this idea of like, they're not supposed to be able to do that. We're gods. We're eternal because. Yeah. We and that's yes. I and Yeah. That's why they were like, they're deep. That's not a thing that humanity mutants, whatever you want, like in their terms, they're all the fucking same. Yeah. Um, that's not something that they should be doing. That's a deviation or, you know, all that nonsense shit. Yeah. And there's a I'm lot still more. Not sold. Oh no, not, not fully yet, but there's also a lot more signs of tension between the Avengers and the Immortals, I mean Eternals, because okay. it just seems like they have their mission and they don't really give a damn what you think. And the Avengers seem to be like, hey, you probably should since you're on our planet. And their defense is, we were technically here first. So it does become this kind of debate <laughs> of like, oh shit, they were here first. Like, literally. Yeah. I don't like the Eternals. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care for <laughs> these fuckers. Oh, I'm wearing the shirt right now. <laughs> you fucking traitor <laughs> they are about to try to kill all the mutants yes and you are doing a podcast about mutants yeah 
and you're well, wearing... this, is, this is a shirt from the movie so they haven't done that in the movie universe oh it, it, excuse it away all you want excuse Marvel it away. studios it, yeah Marvel. you make all the excuses you want but what i'm hearing is you support genocide so listen that's your right to think that all right <laughs> so uh what's next turncoat what's next <laughs> next up we have x-men red a book that's like quickly becoming my favorite at the very least my second favorite x-men book if you, you if you combined it with like sword because it's basically a continuation of the same thing mm-hmm. i really like this book and this i book think it's good. almost the idea how like how you love the magic stuff with mutants i love space stuff with mutants mm-hmm and this book is just so good. So let's get right into it. X-Men Red number two, where we last left. Oh, also, when they make the trade for this book, it better include that whole X-Men issue about um, why well, can't Vulcan about Vulcan? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's pretty important. I feel like if you've never read that issue, you have no fucking clue what's going on. Yeah. And honestly, remember, we were slightly confused when that happened. Like, who are yeah. these people? <laughs> like, this is like a year later payoff. Yeah, kind of weird. So where we last left off, Vulcan was knocked out in a bar fight. And I'm not sure if we're the one seeing these flashbacks or so is he. But in that one shot in X-Men, three weird aliens were messing with his mind and his body because they know there's more power inside him. And when he wakes up, he says it's happening now. And he turns over and sees these two women that have been kind of whispering in his ear a lot. And both uh, Xavier and Cyclops are naturally concerned about what's happening with them. He seems to be off a little bit. And then we find out these two women don't exist. Well, they, 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 they do, <laughs> but they're not supposed to be alive right now. Well, they're not. I mean, they don't exist in the sense of they're not alive. They are not on on this mortal coil. So, okay, that was what I was a little confused about. Are they somehow projecting from this new afterlife or are they literally just figments of his imagination? I think they are figments of his imagination. So do I. (laughs) Coming into like manifesting. Like, I think like if I remember correctly, right, like other people see them too, right? Okay, again, I don't know. Because they're not, they don't talk. Xavier and Cyclops don't talk to them, right? No, they don't. But. And um, yeah, it says when Vulcan first conjured energy constructs of his dead friends, it was an impressive, if unsettling, feat of mutant power. So yeah, they they see them. Okay. All right. But they just understand that they're not actual beings. Yeah. If I could change anything from those early issues of X Men, maybe put this one later. The yeah. one all about Vulcan going crazy on the moon. Oh, I bet you. Okay, I think I know what it is. They're not talking to them because I, I think only he hears them. I think, but everyone, I think everyone can see them though. Like they see like a ghostly image kind of. Yeah, or something of that nature. Yeah. So Scott basically said, like, I'm letting him deal with his grief in his way, but now it's getting a little unhealthy. And eventually. Xavier tries to get into his brain to help him a little bit. And if you know the history between Xavier and Vulcan, he's not okay with that. And he seemingly explodes the Summer's house. And uh, not cool, you know, very simple, not cool. So he's basically kicked off and joined to send the X-Men Red. 
And this team has a uh, manifold frenzy Wizkid, cable, uh, a few of the people from the sword book. But what I really like is while Abigail is talking about this plan for the team and what to do for uh, Arako, Manifold's like, you know what? No, we don't have to. I don't have to be here. This isn't my thing anymore. I'm going to go join the Avengers, maybe. I don't know. And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, so you're going to tell me that guy who was really just got sucked out of an airlock randomly around the same time a whole ship was crashing right in front of me and says, fool me once. And then walks away. <laughs> yep. And I fucking love when characters are actually smart. Yeah, me too. It's really fucking good. And I think that conversation is going to come to bite Abigail in the ass real soon. Yeah, because remember in issue one, uh, even Roberto was like, yo, Abigail's up to something, yo. Yeah, and they all know it. So the kind of mini celestial looking creatures, the progenitors, are attacking this town on Morocco and they're basically about, hey, this is our town. This is our fight, our people. We're going to fight them. And then the X-Men Red show up and no one's happy because they're the outsiders and we didn't ask for your help because they're a proud race and a proud people. In the meantime, one of these progenerators just takes uh, Cable's arm. <laughs> just takes it. Yep. Takes his, yep. Uh, specifically his techno uh, organic arm. More hints to this techno-organic possible future. Yep. Yep. More Lots of it. <laughs> Lots of it. <laughs> Especially the last like two months, they've been really mm-hmm. ramping up. Something's gonna happen with that soon. If this uh, is if this is Chekhov's phalanx, I'm gonna be not. <laughs> it better go off, goddamn it. So then, uh, speaking of death meaning nothing, uh, one of them just vaporizes Cable while he's freaking out because now he can't control his psychic abilities. Which also maybe you should like I don't know train it. Um, <laughs> well, he he can't because he uses all of it to keep the techno organic. Like no, I know, but I'm saying like especially now on Krakoa, like he should have a place he can like safely train. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we have one of the civilians in this town who literally just makes light boxes. <laughs> yep. But she still wants to defend her town. And she gets vaporized. And they're like, man, this isn't good. And then Vulcan's about to attack. And then a whole snowstorm just appears because the Brotherhood is here. And this is why I love this book. I love that it's reversed and the Brotherhood are legitimately there to help the people. Yep. I fucking love that. And like, I think they even said it later in the book, but like, well, I'll get to that part a little bit later. But right now, the Brotherhood is freezing um vulcan with storm's powers and then one of the people refers to this random fisherman as the unarmed king yeah and sunspot says is that you fisher and he's like "Ah, we don't have to talk about that he then later calls himself the fisher king yes so i'm wondering does that mean like maybe the unarmed king means like a human who can still be in charge it could be. It, it could be that human. he was a king of something. But, yeah, but I mean, like the unarmed part might mean he has no powers. Well, no, we established that in the last issue that he was. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, no, no. I mean, I, I know he has no powers. I'm saying like that's what the name comes from. Being the, the, the title of unarmed king means it's because it's like he was a king without powers. 
Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he was, but he's not human. Yeah, remember. Well, he's not specifically not human. Yes, <laughs> he's not human, but he has, has no powers. Yes. Um. So while this fight's happening, eventually Vulcan's fucking pissed. Like he was just frozen by Storm randomly, and Storm, being a fucking badass, just does not give two shits. Like, oh, you're a really powerful mutant. You're right, but I'm an Omega level mutant who knows how to actually control their powers and basically fries him which leads to a fantastic data page, which says a lot from Abigail, but I think the most important part is where she mentions the fact that she thought she was going to put in the queen of Wakanda, the civil level-headed, just like do her job and duty and that's it. Instead, she got the queen of the Morlocks. Yeah, that was such a badass line. Really fucking good. (laughs) And it's like, oh, Abigail's realizing um, this doesn't go the way she thought it would go. Also, it's revealed that she planned this attack almost a little too good. That might make it look suspicious. Yep. Yep. Yeah. She was working with Orcus to plan this attack. So basically made a false flag incident. I think she even called it that. Possibly. I think so. Yeah. So eventually she's like, we need our own people in the great ring in their uh, in their quiet council. So she tells Vulcan, hey, you know what? You want more respect? We can develop your powers a little more. And also, you got to take out this guy. So now it's going to be Vulcan versus Tarn, who we know as basically their version of Sinister on their planet. But they're like actually formidable version of (laughs) He's psychotic and formidable. So you're telling me next issue is going to be these two fighting? Fuck yeah. That's going to be wild, man. That's going to be insane. And that gets five X's. Uh, I would, yeah, four and a half, five. It's no, yeah, it's it's a good. These last three, four to five stars easily. Like it does. Like they've just been great. They've been great books. Art, writing, story, all three just knocking out of the park. Knocking it out of the park. So next up, we have Legion of X number one, a continuation of the Way of X. Something me and you struggled to remember for a while. Oh my god, man. That was crazy. That was a crazy moment where we could not remember the name of that. And then we stopped to look that one up on like uh stopping to look anything else up throughout this book. Yeah. All right. So I forgot everything about Way of X, honestly, how it ended. I remember being very dissatisfied from it. So this kind of came back to me as I was reading a little yes. bit. But uh so we open with Legion. Um on top of the Mount Olympus of Mars and uh, is overlooking Mars, but really the action is happening in his head in the astral plane in a world called the altar that he has created um, for anyone who wants to live there, I guess. I don't know. Um, Yeah. This happened at the very end of the last issue. Yeah. I forget who chose to go hang out in this astral plane place, but this is where we find our legionnaires or whatever the hell they're calling themselves uh, led by Kurt. uh, I'm not a priest anymore. (laughs) Wagner. I'm not a priest. I'm not a cop. Like, no, you're all these things. (laughs) Yeah. You're being a little bit of both, man. Um, He is doing what not a cop would do, which is giving out um, orders to his troops to go. uh, One has to go investigate a case of possession, you know, you know, investigating, not, not police work. 
Yeah, um, keeping the peace, making sure people follow the rules. Yeah. Nothing police about that. Yeah. So uh, somebody else has to go uh, to the Green Lagoon to uh, to uh, Z- Zabby is is in need of backup. Everyone's like, who the fuck is Zabby? <laughs> Which even I was like, who the fuck is Zabby? Yeah, I know. that's the thing. Now, a lot of this book, I kept going like, oh, should I know that person? I want to live in a world where like I I don't know if Zabby has existed beyond this book. But I, if if they did, I want to think that even I forgot. Which, as we get to in a minute, is is their mute, mutant power, which is you just forget that person when you're not directly interacting with them. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, maybe maybe that person's been on the X Men for fucking thirty years, and I just wasn't that know. a wait? Oh, wasn't that a Grant Morrison character? That was a Grant Morrison character that was like been part of every major x-men moment but no one remembers him oh fuck i do remember this now I, yeah it's hitting me now oh shit my bad yep yep okay yeah i didn't know the name but yeah yeah like I, he had a I, room and no one knew whose room it was yeah they just fuck, i forgot all damn man that's that's an omnibus i need i need the fucking grant morrison new mutants omnibus yeah i have the three deluxe trades so i'm good yeah Anyway, <laughs> back in this this book, uh, Nightcrawler is giving out his instructions to his troops. Uh, Legion, on the on the meanwhile, decides he's going to meet up with his his lady love, Blindfold, uh, Ruth, and they do it on the astral plane. He's like, "Babe, remember that time on here we just couldn't remember what Blindfold's name was?" <laughs> yeah, that was that was another peak moment of you could just stop and look it up. <laughs> and then when we did look look it up we were like oh my god what i what, hate everything what a bunch of numbskulls <laughs> but um, this is nice seeing her again for sure it is nice seeing her again um she decided she didn't want the body she she was allowed to be resurrected now that you know moira is gone and there's no thing against uh precogs and uh she's like eh, i don't want to do it and she's i, I don't remember um blind i remember blindfold talking kind of like in riddly type ways but not quite like destiny but yeah. i don't remember her like stopping and saying like sorry all the time and she does that and this one she like just interrupts herself to say sorry in weird ways and i don't really i don't remember that so i kind I of took it as like because she's not being bombarded with precog abilities she's just being open in herself like she's not constantly flooded with new alternate futures you know yeah, maybe. She's I mean, not alive. Pretty, so yeah. Anyway, they're they're having their moment on the astral plane. Um, Nightcrawler for his part is like, I have been summoned to Araco, and so he goes to meet the Your Majesty. <laughs> he goes to meet Storm, and he's giving her fucking shit by bowing to her and curtsying and calling her all these things. And it was a really cute moment, though. It was a really cute moment between those two where she was like, stop being an asshole. Get over here. I got I got to show you something. I did like that because it kind of felt like, look how far and different they are now. Yeah. But like they've known each other since the 80s. Like, But I also want to say they have this moment and they haven't seen each other in forever. However, in Immortal X-Men, they're yeah. on the quiet council together. Yes. <laughs> anyway. It's, um, it's definitely a moment of like, because when I read X-Men Red, I'm like, wait a minute. They're both already on Mars. What are they doing here? They, <laughs> like, they just you, don't. They're not lining up the way they used to. 
Sorry, yeah. Hickman. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're not going. But we're also. I we're also reading a little out of order right now too. It could be our fault for sure. Um, but anyway. also there is a data page that I like. It's the three laws, but it's like a little more detailed. A hey, little Kurt, more like here are the points of the three laws. Yeah, Kurt. Kurt uh, added a little some footnotes. Yeah. Yeah, and I like at the very end says one more thing: the spark. Try new things. Like yeah. experiment. Get hippie yeah. with it. And and part of that trying new things has a uh, nightcrawler going out to uh, assist Storm in in what she needs, which is she needs uh, his investigatory help. Uh, that he's been summoned by this creature whose name not creature I don't know what it is it, it, it is a creature dude this is where the books start losing me I'm not yeah. gonna lie or uh Serata I'm not otherwise known as the witness is a giant floating eyeball with a slug person on on top of it yeah it's it, fucking wild and their job is to witness all of the challenges that happen on Araco so anytime somebody decides to challenge another person to a duel this person has to watch it so two things one one of these guards should be consistently like spraying her with like a like a spray bottle of water to keep the eye moisturized and two this is a mutant right yes okay because i was getting confused by the whole deity thing and like you know there's other species in in arako but they were from so like i just didn't know if this a is a creature from their world or an actual mutant? I be- it is a mutant. Okay. And it is a mutant that basically what's happening, best I can tell, is uh, for some reason, now that Araco is not in a menth, they are being confronted with deities or somebody is summoning deities and they don't believe in gods. Not that they don't they don't necessarily believe but they've not found a god worthy enough yes of of them and so they basically because of their culture whenever a god is summoned they must murder it because it's not good enough they challenge so it this it, it, idea that gods have to find somewhere to be worshipped i don't know exactly where it started i first noticed it during the jason aaron thor run that's where i where, um, yeah during the part, remember when Thor was fighting the gods of the Shi'ar Empire? I don't know if you ever made that far. I think so. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a thing. You realize like those two guys are dicks, but like if they're not being truly worshipped, they're not getting more power and they can't yeah. live forever. So I, I, I do like the idea that gods are trying like, oh, look, a new planet with new people. I need to get worshipped. You know? Yeah. And that's kind of what's happening. And so they're like, no, no, no. Fuck you. And yeah, the book does lose me from time to time too. And right? so the, you mean is it between the eye woman or the smoke man that comes out of the ears of this other like someone's getting very experimental with this book. Yeah, so and and it's a perfect person to do it. Um yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the other the other thing happening is our is our friend that we forget, uh Zabby is um basically like, "Hey, he's 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 trying to corner this this mutant who's hanging out at the green lagoon who's got this smoke monster that lives inside of his head who apparently maybe murdered his wife and then a bunch of other people uh he, he basically committed a, a mutant law or he, he committed a crime then ran to krakoa for asylum krakoa is obviously going to give him asylum but they're also like he, he also broke a krakoan rule so uh we gotta <laughs> we gotta talk about this 
Also, and, I thought this was Doctor State, no, not, not uh, Doctor um, Nemesis for a while. Oh, and so um, as as he as Zabby's interrogating him, it it he this this mutant gets aggravated. The smoke monster comes out. That's when the big gun has to come in. The big gun being Juggernaut, who goes to fight the the monster, but you know it's smoke and it ends up going inside of its mouth and ears and lungs and. But while that's happening, um, Zabby's able to get behind the mutant who's controlling them, smoke monster, and, and zap them. Can I ask Not you a question? Lot. Yeah, what's up? Is Juggernaut a mutant? No. He says so in this book, too. Exactly. Why? Why is he here? <laughs> um, apparently, he was, he was asked to be here. Uh, we also, we never, we never read the Juggernaut miniseries, so we only have ourselves to blame. That's true. Maybe he's a mutant. <laughs> he's, no, he's not a mutant. He says oh, he's yeah. not, but why he's allowed to be on Krakoa, I think, is because Xavier invited him. They are still brothers, right? They are still brothers. Half brothers, whatever. Okay. Yes. Um, and just make so, him a mutant. Uh-huh. Com- editor- editors, if you're listening, just make him a mutant. Make him and Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch mutants and stop the bull. <laughs> like, you're overcomplicating it by not. I would honestly be more inclined to be like um, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, but not Juggernaut. Really? I like Juggernaut not actually being a mutant. But, but like his whole history is so intertwined with mutants. His best friend's a mutant. His brother's a mutant. He fights mutants. He works with mutants. Yeah, I like it. Um, <laughs> he's not actually, he's just hanging out. He's just hanging out. <laughs> listen, Juggernaut's a bad dude, but you can't accuse him of being like racist, man. Like he has like, fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's like, no, I the mutants are cool. They took me in as one of their own. I, I I hang out with them. I'll try to murder a bunch of them too, but I like them. Wasn't he a brotherhood member too? Whatever. Yes. Anyway. He was a bad guy. He tried to murder a bunch of mutants, but he also likes mutants. It's complicated. He is. All right. <laughs> um, and so one of the other missions happening, because there are a bunch of fucking missions happening. Um, Pixie and um, Lost go to the healing garden to talk to this this young mutant named Spike or something. Yeah, Spike, who grows spikes out of their body, um, who was apparently possessed by something. And they don't know who or what is possessing these people and then making them do bad things. Didn't we do this already? And yeah, kind of. And, and so. Uh, <laughs> They're like, hey man, if you tell us what you know, we can like make sure no one else gets hurt. We can, we can help you, man. And so, that's where we leave that for now. <laughs> Back at the the challenge, um, the I've uh, I'm not gonna know how to pronounce this person's name. <laughs> Zen, maybe. Let's just say Zen. Zen. Um, Z S E N. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm going to say Zen. Tell me yeah, I'm wrong. Sure. I don't care. Um, this person is the, basically the referee, more or less, of the challenges that are happening. And, and, and she says, this one is done. This one yields. What, what say you, judges? And then afterwards, there's a new challenge. That challenge is from a god who wants to be worshipped. Um, and the eye basically says, uh, we don't want to worship you. And so all of the um, Araco people there attack this summoned deity and die. And what I think is happening is 
they don't know who keeps summoning these things to oh what happened is they basically loki like they summoned a mischief god yes they didn't name him but yeah and they have to you have to find this this person because they are the ones who keep causing all these gods to come here to get slaughtered basically listeners remember he just read this issue and i read it three days ago i read that just like two hours <laughs> before we talked yeah so which is like a while ago now but still this day <laughs> it's still like what did i read what did i read anyway, and not like in a good grant morrison like man that was crazy but like real creative like this is more like a you're trying to do too many stories at there's once. too many things happening and i can't retain it all yeah um legion then decides to take a visit to to the quiet council and storms right by everybody xavier's like the fuck are you doing here i told you stop embarrassing me at work um uh david decides to talk to to doug and says hey i need to talk to your friend at first i thought he meant krakoa no he meant warlock he informs him basically that uh his his precog girlfriend let him know um that nimrod attacked and killed your dad magnus and uh yeah i think he took his uh techno virus thingy phalanx powers uh just thought you'd want to know that your dad is dead because as he says warlock and magnus spent most of their lives as enemies but while looking directly at xavier says a child deserves to hear it in person don't you think when they've lost their father forever <laughs> so real sharp jabs at charles we then go back to zen and nightcrawler who are about to go on their mission to find this mischief god but also real quick that is another situation that a phalanx technology is being taken by orcus yeah, exactly now orcus yeah, yeah. has two links to phalanx technology so yes. that's um not good <laughs> and oh. also we have like this this issue with Legion and Xavier, I really like because it shows that Xavier doesn't learn. He really doesn't learn how to handle his son. He's still kind of an asshole. He's still making the same mistakes. And, and Legion is going to get pushed away more and more because of it. Yeah, it's not going to end well. Um, so while, while Nightcrawler and Zen are traveling through these gates to, to get to uh, the altar... Um, she's basically like, "Hey, I think you're kind of sexy. You wanna, you wanna fuck later?" And Nightcrawler is like, "I think I might. Yeah, sure. Let's, uh, no. yeah, let's, uh, let's put a pin in that for now. But let's definitely circle back to it." Um, and so basically, he asks, like, "So what? The, what's your deal? You, they call you unarmed, but you got these arms. <laughs> you got these <laughs> knives." And she's like, "No." And, and my, uh, my, oh, he's like, and then it dawns on me, like, oh, oh, unarmed means you don't have any any powers and she's like bitch shut your mouth i got powers oh see this answers the question i totally forgot this conversation is part of the conversation before yeah she's like no i have i have powers my powers are to paint i paint with truth and she's like so it has no utility in war thus thus my power can't be used as a weapon so i have no weapons hmm. um and he's like wow that sounds really really beautiful i'd love to see that sometime basically nightcrawl is like you want to paint me naked and so uh, they then the visit. French girl. 
Yep, paint me like one of your French. Paint me like one of your French Iraqis. Um, as my girlfriend shakes her head. <laughs> um, and I hope you, dear listener, are shaking your head as well. Um, and so Nightcrawler then brings his new girlfriend Zen to meet his his pals, Doctor Nemesis, Lost, uh, um, Pixie. Pixie, no, it was the other guy, Fabian Cortez. That's whose name was escaping me. Who refuses to match with them? Who's like, no, I'm not on the team. I'm my own, my own man. I have these clothes from Sword, and that's it. And that's that's all I have left. You guys only resurrected me with this one pair of clothes. Um, and they're basically working with um this this Spike character to find out who possessed him. Um. They're like, thanks to all, thanks to our empathy and our, and our talking and our, and our therapies. And Dr. Nemesis is once again is no bitch. It's science. <laughs> science is bright colors <laughs> in bright. Yes. It's science. You dumb fuck. That's what got us the answer. I love Dr. Nemesis so much. And so, uh, yeah, as, as this is, as they're having this conversation, Juggernaut and, and Zabby come walking in. And um, wow, I cannot believe how much of this fucking story I forget. Right? Because they shove so much that's like it's hard to retain the whole thing. I'm happy it's not just me. Like I felt after this show, I was like, what? What was any of that? Did I skim it or did I just forget it? Yeah. So they they have their their conversation about we have to find out who's possessing these kids. They figure out it's somebody maybe named Switch. And and Nightcrawler tells Fabian, go figure this out. And so he's leaving. Then that's when Juggernaut and, and Zabby come in and be like, hey, boss, here's that uh that guy who was making smoke come out of his head. And then as that's happening, uh, Legion leaves them and goes to be with Ruth. And uh, she, he and, and Blindfold are talking about, you know, what's going on? Why don't you have defenses up to keep the astral plane safe? Anyone can come here. He's like, everyone is welcome here, man. I'm I'm cool now. I'm not about you know limiting people. And as he's saying that, they are visited by somebody calling themselves Mother Righteous. Yeah. Um I like her design. Love the design. Very cool. Think this might be a mischief god, if you will. Um mm-hmm. uh descending on them saying, So I really love to give people things, and I'm here to give you guys power glory so you know a real person tempting somebody who's uh got a lot of powerful uh mutant powers yeah because they actually make a point in this issue when he walks by all the tubes of all the different personalities nicely contained safely put away yeah no way anything can happen to them no certainly nothing could break that glass or whatever in his unsecured astral plane yeah yeah that already has a surprise guest in it that he has no idea who or where this person came from. So it's going well, it's going well, I think in That's what the, we're saying in the astral plane, uh, but uh, the two stars, it was, there's too much going on. Uh, there's a lot of potential. I, yeah. I liked what, when I was reading and I liked it, I just was, it was too, just too much happening. And like, I'm concerned. And also I give it like two and a half X's. Um, I, I, get concerned that like maybe the next issue which i have somewhere over here is going to be all about one story for like three issues but then like i forget about the other stories you know? yeah 
because there's literally three different stories happening in one regular size issue yeah and like you don't get enough of any of them to really grab onto it no and the one i did grab onto most um is just i i want to see what happens with zen and nightcrawler they seem like they, yeah yeah they seem like, like they're hitting it off nightcrawler's story is the most compelling and weird but like you can't have that kind of weird and then have a sci-fi weird and then a spiritual weird at the same time and then like possibly a cop team building weird yeah there's too many genres being thrown into this book so ending on a somewhat low note but the last three issues before were fantastic and it's not there's still potential here. I'm not 100%, you know I mean? yeah, like, we're not dropping the book or anything. Yeah, no way. Like I, I I enjoy it and I and I want I want to see where the stories go, but they haven't necessarily hooked me yet either. Yes. All right, guys. Well, next time you hear from us, we'll most likely be covering some of the catching up on some new mutants, some marauders, some Wolverine and Knights of X, maybe, depending on how much right. we catch up on. That sounds that sounds reasonable. Yeah, and then after that, we'll be ready for Judgment Day. That sounds scary. Are you sure we're going to be ready for it? Well, it depends which one. You have Judgment Day T2, Judgment Day, you know. Cool. You have know. Judgment Day, the cop drama with Denzel Washington. I'm not you have Judgment Day, the team with Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. I'm certainly not ready for that one. <laughs> Definitely not. But it's the comic. And, you know, maybe after I binge read a little more Eternals, I'll be ready for Judgment Day. And fully change sides. Who knows? Don't. Yeah, I, I can't even believe it. I can't even <laughs> believe what I'm hearing. Get us out of here. I don't want to hear any more of this. Good. Well, we will see you in the astral plane, chilling, just having a good time. X time. <laughs>